The Avengers. That's what we call ourselves. Sort of like a team. Earth's mightiest heroes type thing. Avengers, time to work for a living. That's my secret. I'm always angry. I am on the side of life. You get hurt, hurt him back. You get killed, walk it off. I'm here to talk to you about the Avenger Initiative. I'm your host, Andrew, and I'm here to talk to you about the Avengers. Welcome to episode 54 of Some Assembly Required, your weekly adventure into the annals of Earth's mightiest heroes, the Avengers. This week, we are taking a look at Avengers number 50, To Tame a Titan. This week's issue is written by Roy Thomas, art by John Buscema, letters by Sam Rosen, and it comes to us in March of 1968. That's right, folks, we have made it to issue number 50. Obviously, we have thrown a few extra issues in here, so we are in episode 54, but we have made it 50 issues into the Avengers. It's our first big milestone here, folks. Very excited. And this is a pretty strong issue in order for us to celebrate our 50th issue. Starting with our cover, we've got a really nice, strong cover here. Typhoon is is very prominent on the cover, looks great, huge, menacing, swinging his hammer. He's got Hercules kind of reeling in fear a little bit. And then up in the corner, we have Hawkeye swinging in to take a shot by his leg, which I think looks really, really cool. We've got all of our Avengers on the page. And again, I think it's fairly emblematic of how this issue is going to go. It's primarily a Hercules and Typhoon story, but the Avengers do have a part to play and they are part of this cover. Now, Jumping inside, we once again find Hawkeye and Goliath at each other's throats. And to be fair, I'm a little surprised it took this long for the two of them to start fighting. Especially given the fact that Captain America has typically been the one to break them up when they started getting like this. And unfortunately in this case, Wasp is the one who's forced to intervene. Not that Wasp can't intervene, but it's a little bit more difficult for her. It puts her in a little bit more of an awkward position given her relationship with Goliath. Now, thankfully, the reality is that the two men aren't really fighting for any good reason. Because of everything that's going on with the Avengers and the level of stress that Hawkeye and Goliath and Wasp are under, eventually the two men just snap at each other. I know I've worked in high-stress situations where the exact same thing happens. I have screamed at a co-worker, he screamed back at me, and ten minutes later, we're sitting enjoying a cup of coffee together. It happens. So I can imagine that in superheroics, this kind of thing happens on a somewhat regular basis. It's just a high-stress, high-intensity environment. Additionally, Hawkeye has the stress of the fight between himself and Black Widow going through his head, so that's really only making the situation worse for him. But as things calm down, the Avengers realize that instead of sitting around and trying to figure out how they're going to make the Avengers work as a threesome, they decide to go track down Hercules because he is still the, we'll say, sole surviving Avenger that's kind of unaccounted for right now. Obviously, Captain America has left the team. Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver have apparently left the team to go join Magneto, and Hercules is off on Olympus. So the Avengers pack themselves up into one of their jets, and they head for Olympus to go see if they can help Hercules. They can bring him back to the team and keep a four-man team going. Because remember, back around issue 1617, the Avengers went down to a four-man team. And as the Avengers travel to Olympus, we get to see the internal thoughts of each of the Avengers. Hawkeye is trying to kind of rationalize what's going on. He's debating whether or not the Avengers should even keep going. Wasp is thinking about 
about how Goliath's powers being on the fritz may lead him to resign, and then they can they can go off and live their life. And Goliath really is very, very focused on the mission. Now, if you remember from last issue, Hercules isn't exactly on Olympus anymore. Hercules was transported by Typhoon to a shadow land where in a few pages here we will find out Hercules encounters the Greek gods. This is where Typhoon has basically sent the Greek gods when he stole the Promethean flame. So as Hercules makes his way through this mysterious land, he's attacked by some kind of plant or tree kind of creature. Honestly, it kind of looks like some green sludge or algae kind of coming up out of the water at him. And Hercules manages to punch this thing so hard it literally explodes. I can't understate that enough that even in this dire hour this is the level of strength that Hercules has that he punches a monster and part of it literally explodes. Now part of the reason I want to point this out is later Typhoon and Hercules are really going to get into a good fight so I want you guys to understand the level of strength that Typhoon has if he's able to beat on Hercules like he does. So just after defeating this monster, Hercules manages to come across all of the Greek pantheon of gods. And they're not too happy to see him. Zeus is kind of pissed because, well, Hercules has been banished for a year. And that year's not quite up. So Zeus wants to know what Hercules is doing here. Ares is still kind of butthurt about their last fight. And there is a third god, maybe Hera. It's a little unclear to who she is, but Hera or maybe Athena, who she's not thrilled to see Hercules just by her facial expressions, but she's thinking that maybe Hercules might be of some use in order to break this, what they call curse. So initially, again, Zeus is very accusatory, thinking that Hercules came here to gloat or in some kind of revenge. And in a very clear kind of clairvoyant moment for Hercules, he reads the situation extremely well. He takes a knee in front of Zeus showing deference and explains what happened to the Greek gods, what Typhoon did, and offering to help. And as a result, Zeus is pretty pleased. Ares, on the other hand, is pissed, but Zeus throws him back pretty hard, like physically with a lightning bolt. And a little bit of that has to do with the fact that Ares is getting a little too big for his britches and a little mouthy, so Zeus has to demonstrate who's in charge. But once he does, Zeus uses his abilities to send Hercules back to Earth. Now, it's a little unclear exactly how Zeus uses his abilities to send Hercules back, and I guess it's a little weird that Zeus can send Hercules back, but no one else. Obviously, the story excuse is that because everyone else there is a god and their life depends on the existence of the Promethean flame, that Zeus can't send them back. But Zeus has the power to send people back. He just can't because of specifically who's there. I don't know. It's a, it's a little weird. But at any rate, Hercules has now been sent back to Earth, which is exactly where we find Typhoon, who has come down off of Olympus and is kind of investigating the world around him. And he sees a metal warship, presumably on the Mediterranean or maybe somewhere in the Aegean Sea and he decides to show off his might by attacking this ship. I don't really understand why he does this and it doesn't really serve to further the story. The entire sequence is very well done, especially a couple of panels inside the ship with the radar screen is very very well lit. But other than Typhoon
Typhoon is attacking this ship to show off his powers, it doesn't really do much for me. Now, as Typhoon is getting ready to destroy this ship, thankfully for the ship, the Avengers show up, and Hawkeye attempts to stop or delay Typhoon by using a magnetic arrow on his hammer. And although Hawkeye makes the shot and the arrow does attach itself to the hammer, this goes really sideways for Hawkeye very quickly. Instead of being able to pull the hammer out of Typhoon's hand, Typhoon yanks his hammer and drags Hawkeye down with it. So almost immediately, Hawkeye is on the ground, stunned at the mercy of Typhoon. Just as Typhoon is about to kill Hawkeye, Goliath uses his Ant-Man powers to summon a massive ants that quickly dig out the ground from under Typhoon, causing him to fall into a hole, allowing the Avengers to quickly rescue Hawkeye. At this point, though, Typhoon is now fully aware of the Avengers and is determined to make quick work of them before dealing with anything else. And here we see Goliath attempt to increase his size again, but is unfortunately Unfortunately, stuck at six feet. So Goliath makes a pretty quick change of plans and instead shrinks to ant size so that it appears to Typhoon that Goliath has straight up vanished. And this will keep him busy for a little bit. Now, as the Avengers are engaging with Typhoon, Hercules arrives on scene and immediately engages Typhoon with an opening punch that sends him sprawling to the ground. And it's a great panel. Just you feel the, the meteoric energy behind Hercules' punch, especially to see him send a character like Typhoon sprawling like he does. And although Typhoon is a bit shaken by this punch, he's almost immediately on his feet again and wielding his battle axe and the Promethean Flame is on top of Hercules again, really very, very quickly. Now at this point in the fight, it really becomes about Typhoon and Hercules, and the Avengers are here for a periodic assist. Like, here Hawkeye fires a smoke arrow at Typhoon in order to blind him momentarily and give Hercules a moment of respite. That's really the kind of interaction that the Avengers are going to provide. This fight is really great, and it's really dynamic. I think I've talked almost every issue since Hercules has arrived in the book, that Hercules is a character of passions. Well, here, Hercules is a man filled with rage. And the art does a fantastic job of conveying that rage and making you, the reader, understand exactly how Hercules feels and what Hercules feels are the stakes involved in this fight. In reality, for Hercules, his entire world revolves around this, this fight. Although he's honored to be a member of the Avengers, the Avengers are still mortal. The Avengers eventually will fade and die. Hercules has lived through thousands of years of man along with his fellow immortals, the gods of Olympus. They really are the nucleus of Hercules's existence, for better or for worse for Hercules. So because of that, Hercules is absolutely determined to do whatever it takes to bring back, effectively, his family, to bring back the people that truly matter to him. And it shows. I mean, there are times Typh Typhoon gets the upper hand in this fight, but eventually Hercules just is so filled with rage and passion that he's nearly unstoppable. And it actually takes the Avengers to keep him from straight up killing Typhoon, because if you look at Hercules, it's there, it is in him to do that. Yes, he's an Avenger, but he's only recently an Avenger, and 
he is still the mythological Hercules. So with the Avengers' intercession, Typhoon is captured instead of killed. Hercules takes his battle axe and uses it to return the Promethean flame to its rightful place, bringing about the return of the gods of Olympus. Again, the return of the gods is a cool panel. I don't think it's quite as cool as the vanishing of the gods. It's still pretty good, though. Now with Zeus free, he is able to pass judgment again on Typhoon, and this time he throws him into the underworld, into the abyss. And after that, the gods decide to throw a party, because... I mean, they're gods. It's kind of what they do. And I think most importantly of this issue, Hercules decides to stay on Olympus. So unfortunately, our most recently joined Avenger is now leaving the team in order to return to his life among the gods of Olympus. So having lost Hercules, our issue is going to close out with a very determined Hawkeye convincing his two remaining teammates that they need to go and track down Scarlet Witch and Quicksilver because Hawkeye is convinced that that Magneto has tricked the pair into joining him and leaving the Avengers. And so they're going to go after their teammates and they're going to try and rescue them. And that's going to set up the story for the next several issues, although it's going to take us a little bit to get into that. So overall, I, mean, I think the big thing to talk about here is the fact that we are losing Hercules from this book and that I have loved having Hercules and I am sad to see him go. Hercules provides a lot of color and character to the team, especially amongst a team that on occasion has a tendency to get a little bit overly self-righteous and a bit stiff. You know, the more recent incarnation of the team with Hawkeye and Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch is a little bit better, but especially the return of Goliath and when you bring in characters like Thor and Iron Man, they're, they're a little stodgy, they're a little stiff. And Hercules is a great character to have and he's just so darn colorful and, and full of life. It's interesting to look at Hercules as he thinks about leaving Olympus too, because it, it's very much on his face that he is sad to be leaving the team, though I think he truly believes that he needs to serve Olympus more. And I think this last several issues worth of Hercules' storyline has shown us exactly how much Olympus means to him. To be fair, Hercules was only ever supposed to be on Earth for a year as part of his banishment, and in that time has come to really love and appreciate and wanted to be a part of the Avengers, which he successfully managed to do, but it really only was a temporary thing, and that Hercules' main focus was getting through this year to get back to Olympus. Another thing I'm going to miss about Hercules is his honesty. You know, we spend a fair amount of time inside the heads of the other Avengers so that we, the reader, know what's going on in their heads. But obviously, at times, the other Avengers don't. And that leads to some issues. Hercules, on the other hand, pretty much says what's on his mind. And there is certainly something to be said for that. It is certainly something interesting that happens. And it is something that the team, at times, really kind of needs. Now, the good part is Hercules is not gone, and not entirely. Hercules will join the team periodically, off and on, over the next, oh, 50 years, actually. I mean, currently Hercules is a member of the Avengers, but he's not going to be a consistent member, and I think that's unfortunate, and I'm going to miss him. Remember, you can find us at AvengersAssembly.com, you can follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, and you can find this podcast on iTunes, SoundCloud, and YouTube. If you'd like to be a part of the conversation, send your questions and comments to Andrew at AvengersAssembly.com. 
One last thing, you may have noticed that on the website and the Facebook page, I have been posting a lot of old episode summaries. I have finally decided exactly how I want to rearrange things with the website, so those updates are going to be coming hopefully daily until we are caught up, and then weekly as we go from there. Additionally, I am looking at and working on different new content that we can bring in and expand our Avengers conversation. Next week, we are going to be taking a look at Avengers number 51 in the clutches of the Collector. All right, hey. All right, good job, guys. Uh, let's just not come in tomorrow. Let's just take a day. Have you ever tried shawarma? There's a shawarma joint about two blocks from here. I don't know what it is, but I want to try it. <laughs>